they, they want to make it be controversial because they don't want to stop making processed food. They make a lot of money. So they don't want Americans to stop eating processed food. Welcome. You're on air with Ella, where we share simple strategies and truths from people who are doing something better than we are. Whether it's wellness or fitness and fat loss to just living better and with more energy or changing your mindset to accomplish more in your own life and succeeding however you define it. This is where we share the best of what we're learning from the experts and we're learning more every day. Live better, start now. Hi everyone, you're on air with Ella and today I'm joined by Bonnie Hari. Bonnie is the internationally known blogger and food activist behind The Food Babe. Hi Bonnie, welcome to On Air with Ella. Hey, yeah, thanks so much for having me. Yeah, I'm super excited to talk to you, not just because of your new book, Vani, The Food Babe Wave, but just because I've been reading your material for several years now. Yeah, it'll be four years in April. Fantastic. Well, it's been fun to watch the evolution of The Food Babe from blogger to food activist to uh, force of nature. Tell everybody a little bit about what you do now. Absolutely. So right now, I, I am a writer, and I just came out with a book, The Food babe way it hit number one on the bestsellers list which is insane to even comprehend and even think about and so I've been spending really the last year working on that book and so excited to get it out to everyone that needs it. And then, you know, I also spend most of my days investigating what's in my food and our food and really um, learning about what the food industry is doing, how they are inventing chemicals and what those chemicals can do to the body or can do to the food so that people are aware of what's in their food. I also have a program on my website called the Eating Guide Program. I spend a lot of time um, recipe developing and coming up with really great ways to eat real food on a monthly basis. Well, Vani, a lot of people might hear that and they might go on your website and see a picture of you and see this just beautiful young woman who's just the picture of health and they might immediately check out. And the reason I say that is because it might feel unattainable to them. So I think it's useful to share with everyone where you were maybe five or 10 years ago. Has this always been your life? No, not at all. Um, I never actually looked like this um, for most of my life. Um, I was, you know, I had really horrible skin problems, um, eczema all over my face, had a lack of energy just because of the inflammation in my lungs um, from having asthma as a child. Also had stomach issues, um, have had everything from appendicitis to endometriosis. So, you know, I I grew up most of my life in and out of doctor's offices and hospitals looking for answers. And I had no idea that pretty much all of my ailments were related to food. And um, it wasn't until I had a health crisis in my early 20s where... I finally decided to look into what I was eating and try to make better choices. And the stuff that I figured out was so shocking to me that I started just telling my friends and my family around me what I had learned. And, um, you know, this is over 10 years ago now. And so I started this journey and it wasn't overnight by any means. I was a management consultant before I quit my job two years ago and had a very demanding job working 80 hours a week, 
sometimes. And, you know, I would work in a cubicle. I wouldn't move a lot. And then we would have catered breakfasts and lunches and dinners. And then we'd have a really demanding schedule as well as demanding deadlines and a boss that was, you know, expected you to do what the whole team was doing. And so you wouldn't, you wouldn't really, you'd feel really out of place asking, Hey, can I go get a salad instead of this spread of barbecue that you just catered in? So I was in this situation where I thought I didn't have control over what I was eating or control of my environment because I wanted to excel at my job. And so I really let um, everyone else control what I was eating. And that was a huge mistake. And so when I started to take back that control and started to develop habits on how to live in this world where we're constantly being exposed to all of this food, that's really not healthy for us. I, I started to realize a health that I never thought was possible. Not only did my eczema and my asthma and all of my prescription drugs expire, I was on eight at one point in my life. I got thin, I lost weight, and I started looking like a different person. I, I had a body that I never thought I could have. And my friends and my family around me saw this dramatic transformation. And so they started to ask the questions and they started to ask like, well, what are you doing differently? Like, what are you paying attention to now? And so they really inspired me along with my friends back home to start a blog and really teach people about what's really in our food and, and teach them about my habits and what I was eating and my recipes and you know, when I, when I came up with the name food, babe, it wasn't really even my idea. It was, I wanted to call the blog eat healthy, And my husband thought that was a horrible name. And, and so he came up with food, babe. And I thought to myself like, whoa, 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 I'm not going to call myself the food, babe. Cause I, I didn't really have the confidence, the self-confidence to even call myself a babe for most of my life. And so, and so I said, well, why don't I teach other people to how to become a food babe and make it less about me and more about teaching people. And so for the first year and a half of the blog, I never actually had my photo on the front header. It was these three cartoon characters. So no one really knew who food babe was. And so I continued to blog under the name food babe. And because I was still working in the corporate world and I was just doing this as a passion project and slowly, but surely, you know, people started really gravitating to this information. And I realized there's a whole set of people out there that were thinking like me, but also too afraid or not enough time or not having the courage to really ask these questions about um, what was happening with our food. And so I have this uncanny knack to know, I just really want to know the truth about what I'm eating and what I'm putting in my body. And I have that kind of like relentlessness and tenacity to just keep asking questions until I get down to the bottom of it. And that is really what led me to be like this kind of investigator. And so I started, you know, teaching myself about food additives and chemicals and what they were doing to the body and, and realizing that oh my gosh, there is this whole world out there that people don't even know that's happening that, you know, when FDA was given authority to look at our food additives, there was about 800. This is over 30 years ago. Now there's over 10,000. And a lot of these food additives were invented by the food companies to improve the bottom line, not improve our health, and have been invented by the food companies and approved by the food companies themselves. And so, that was really scary to me. You know, I would release information that has never been seen before anywhere else. And I was still working in the corporate world at the time, but I realized that 
this life um, as an activist and as an investigator was slowly taking over my life. And I didn't like the kind of dual responsibilities I had. And I was getting very stressed out because I was working all day and then working all night on these investigations on my blog. And so I just, I, I took a really hard look at that. And I said, you know, I'm going to do this. I'm going to be the food babe full time. And when I turned to my husband and told him this because we were definitely dependent on both of our salaries. I expected him to say, Hey, you know, how are we going to live? You know, cause we, there was no income coming in from foodbabe.com. And I, and I just waited for his answer. And he was like, what have you been waiting for? That's what he said to me. You know, the universe works in miraculous ways. And so I really do look, that was like, you know what, this is your calling. You can really change people's lives and you can get them healthier. And this is what you need to do. What do you say to the person who says, what's so wrong with the food that we can buy on the shelves in our traditional grocery store? Well, majority of them have been manufactured and manufactured to make money and not really manufactured to improve our health. And so when you're eating processed food, a lot of it is dead food. It's basically the nutrition has been wiped out of it. And so, and you really can see the difference when you start to um, remove processed foods from your diet and you start eating real whole foods that are unadulterated, that have its true nutritional value in it intact. And um, and you start to feel differently. You absolutely do. And there's no doubt about it. Um, Anyone who has done that, um, whether it's the food babe way or some other diet or some other way or just removing processed foods, as simple as that, not even a diet, just, you know, a way of life. Cause really the food babe way is a way of life, not really a diet. And so you start to feel better. And the reason is, is because our bodies have not evolved to take on these industrial chemicals. Um, a lot of the food that's been invented has just been invented in the last 50 years. And so our bodies are not capable of even digesting some of the materials. It causes inflammation. Um, Some of it causes cancer. Some of it's linked to um, heart disease or diabetes. I mean, let's just give you, I'll just give you one example, something that has been in processed foods for a very long time and the majority of processed foods is artificial trans fats, partially hydrogenated oils. This ingredient was approved for use, generally regarded as safe by the FDA, was added to everything. Uh, I'm talking donuts, chips, cookies, crackers, everywhere. I mean, if you go and you get something fried at a restaurant, you're likely going to be consuming these trans fats, okay? These trans fats have not only been proven to be linked to 7,000 deaths and 20,000 heart attacks by the CDC, These trans fats are still in our food supply, even though they were linked to deaths. (laughs) So for someone like me and someone like you and everyone who's living in this world, you have to wonder why did someone invent this ingredient? And what you find out is that it makes processed food stay on the shelf longer, helps those oils stay emulsified within the food. And so it stays solid at room temperature. And so it stays solid in your body too and clogs your arteries. And that's what's really scary. 
And it was even part of a huge campaign to get people away from consuming butter and start consuming margarine back in the day. And I think everyone remembers when they saw all of those different commercials about how margarine's healthier than butter. And really, margarine is linked to heart attacks and deaths. And so that's just one example of an ingredient that's allowed in our food supply that is linked to disastrous health effects. There are many more. And I understand from your book and your work, Vani, that the United States has different standards than other countries. Can you speak to that? Yeah, absolutely. So there's certain ingredients and chemicals that are allowed for use here in the United States that are not allowed in other countries because other countries have a precautionary principle. They say, you know what, these chemicals are guilty until proven safe. Here in the United States, we have the opposite standard. These chemicals, if they're approved by the food companies and they find them safe, we can put them in our food no matter what. Nobody's really doing any independent third-party studies on it until recently. There's there's information coming out almost every single day. And the stuff that I'm learning and the stuff that I'm reading is absolutely shocking. But I'll give you an example of a chemical that's banned in other countries and not here in the United States. Um, BHT, it's called butylated hydroxytoluene. In Europe, they regulate this chemical. It's not completely banned. It's only banned in certain countries, but um, they regulate this chemical to allow it in a very, very small group of food products. Here in the United States, if this ingredient is considered generally regarded safe, it's added to everything if you want. You can add it to anything. And so what cereal manufacturers have done, like people like General Mills and Kellogg's, is they've added this BHT component to the packaging of cereals that millions of children eat. It leaches into the food over time and keeps that cereal shelf stable for 18 months. In Europe, they do not use this chemical in cereals because they don't allow it. And uh, cereal manufacturers, General Mills and Kellogg's, understand this. And so they've figured out a different way to package their cereals without this chemical, either using a natural alternative, which is vitamin E that doesn't have any disastrous health effects or doesn't use it at all in some of their cereals. And then just takes their cereal off the shelf and then replaces it with newer stuff if they need to. So it's a definitely a cost-saving measure to use this butylated hydroxytoluene because it's uh, a chemical, a synthetic preservative. It's not a real food, and so it's going to cost less. But also, these companies, when they find this information out that other countries are regulating this differently because of health concerns, because if you look at the studies of this chemical, this chemical is linked to cancer and animal studies and is also considered an endocrine disruptor according to the environmental working group scientists. And so I, you know, I don't claim to be a scientist. I'm not a nutritionist. I present research. And the the environmental working group actually labeled this chemical as one of the top 12 dirty dozen food chemicals in our food supply out of the 10,000, mind you, they named this as number, a number, you know, a top 12. And so this chemical is not being used in these exact same cereals overseas, but here in the United States, we have to consume it. And I feel that that double standard, that hypocrisy is absolutely appalling and needs to end. And that has been the basis for majority of my petitions. With Kraft Mac and Cheese, they did the same thing with artificial food dyes. They took out artificial food dyes, yellow five and yellow six in Europe, and they replaced it with paprika and beta carotene. But they didn't do that for the United States citizens. And they knew that this this chemical, the artificial food dyes, was linked to hyperactivity in children. 
And you think about all of the increase in pharmaceuticals that children are having these days, and it's absolutely appalling. Same thing happened with Subway. Subway was not using azodicarbonamide in other countries because other countries were banning this substance. Some countries would fine you and put you in prison for using it because when it's heated, it turns into a carcinogen. Uh, the World Health Organization looked at this chemical and says, you know what, you, when you inhale it, when you're exposed to it, it can cause asthma, it can cause skin reactions. So other countries said, you know what, this chemical does not belong in our food. And this is the Subway bread, just to clarify? Yeah, the Subway okay. bread. Mm -hmm. So I started a petition last year um, to ask Subway to remove that chemical because they were still using that chemical here in the United States because the United States, again, they allow these chemicals to run rampant in our food supply. And it is up to us, our consumers, to really hold these companies accountable, and we have been doing that. Well, so let's do a quick sort of lightning round, if you're game, Vani, and I'm just going to throw some things out there, and you give me your quick and dirty on why we should care or what's so bad about them. So okay. let's start with GMOs, which is genetically modified foods, and what's the big deal, Vani? Well, GMOs have not been tested long-term on humans, and they don't require any mandatory safety assessments before being approved for use. For example, the Arctic apple. The Arctic apple is an apple that doesn't brown after it's been cut for a few, few hours, few days. I don't know the exact time. But this is really concerning to me because it allows food manufacturers to cut up and process apples, put them out, and you have no idea how old they are. And that's, you know, when you eat an apple, I know when I eat an apple, I want it to be fresh. I want it to be really great. And do we know how the nutrients degrade over time when you've, when you've cut open an apple? The reason why you see that browning is because of oxidation and you see that the nutrients are starting to degrade. Well, you're not going to be able to see it in the Arctic apple. Ugh, frankenfood. Okay, so do GMOs, do they hurt you or we just don't know? Well, there's some data that suggests that the chemicals that are sprayed on genetically engineered ingredients like Roundup, the main ingredient in Roundup, glyphosate, is ending up in human breast tissue and human breast milk. And that is really scary because glyphosate is linked to cancer, autoimmune disorders, all sorts of things. And unfortunately, um, GMOs are, were invented to really sell more chemicals. And that is what we've seen. We've seen the increase in herbicide by 400%. It's been insane. So 400% because of the introduction or the proliferance of GMOs? Well, I think there's, I think the, the right figure, let me just make sure I'm saying it correctly. I think there's 500 million more pounds of herbicides in the environment because of GMOs. It's either 400 or 500 million more pounds, but it's a, there's data um, and there's a study on it. If someone Googles it, they can find the exact thing out. Yeah, we'll say it's a material difference. Yeah. <laughs> okay. All right. Oils, um, canola oil. What's the problem? Canola oil is an, is an ingredient that unfortunately disrupts our omega-3 and omega-6 fatty acid ratio. When we have too much omega-6, which canola is high in omega-6, so is corn and soy, we start to have that imbalance. So in order to get that balance back, I would say eliminate canola oil and also go for coconut oil or olive oil or butter instead. Those have a better ratio and they're really great for you. Now, Canola oil is also 
also one of the main genetically engineered oils in this in this country as well. So that's something else to watch out for. Well, and I won't put Vani on the spot, but I'll just go there. Whole Foods and their use of canola oil in all of their prepared foods, their hot bar, it makes me crazy. So it Whole makes Foods, everyone. get on the bandwagon. Yeah, it makes everyone crazy. And I think there needs to be something done about it. It'd be really interesting to see if we can all band together to try to get that changed. Well, and I'm really glad that you mentioned butter because people were just made to fear butter. And I'm talking real butter. And they were so terrified to consume butter that they moved into the margarine territory. Or I remember the days of um, spraying fake butter on my food. Do you remember that little squirt bottle? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I can't believe it's not butter, maybe. Real butter is so much better for you than vegetable oil, canola. I mean, what the hell is a canola, first of all? Um, <laughs> and vegetable oil is highly, highly processed. And so I'm so glad for you to draw that parallel. And I know we're running short on time, so I'm going to throw just a couple quickies at you, Vani. Artificial dyes, which is basically in almost anything they're marketing toward kids, plus a million other things, everything from Gatorade to candies to food that comes out of a box. What's the problem with artificial coloring, artificial dyes. I really believe that these artificial food dyes have been used in a way that is just insidious, especially in children's products, because the data that I've looked at suggests and the data that the Envi uh, Environmental Working Group and the Center of Science and Public Interest, all sorts of groups, consumer groups and their scientists have looked at, have shown that there is a, a link to hyperactivity in children, um, that some of these dyes, because they are artificial food dyes made from petroleum, could be contaminated with carcinogens. And the amount of dyes that are being used today versus when the FDA approved them is so much different. I mean, it's it's increased dramatically and it's in everything. They also are linked to asthma and skin issues as well. And so for me personally, I saw a huge dramatic change when I started to eliminate those from my diet. Also, one thing to recognize about artificial food dyes is that there are certain ones that are like banned in cosmetics, but still allowed in our food, which is just insane to think about. There's one called red number three that the maraschino cherry industry raised hell about when the FDA was banning it in, in our foods and cosmetics and said, you know what, we need further studies for the, the food aspects. So they banned it in cosmetics and not in food. And I mean, this is how food industry really uh, in, uh, influences policy in this country. And it's just absolutely appalling that you'll find red three and things like quicker grits and Morningstar bacon, the fake bacon products and bacon bits and all sorts of things out there. And of course, the maraschino cherries. Well, and your book, Vani, is about so much more. You're just giving us a taste of some of the things that we should be looking out for. The book goes into much more detail, the food babe way, about not just what the actual problem statement is, but you talk about 21 habits that we can adopt. You talk about food swaps that we can make. You talk about how to eat out, how to travel, um, powerhouse foods to add to your repertoire. But how do you tell people where to start, Bonnie? So actually this book, The Food Babe Way, takes you through that starting program. So 21 days, 21 habits, you add a habit each day. And so really I want people to start off slow. The first thing I want people to do is to read ingredient lists. And if there's an ingredient in your food that you don't know what it does for the body, doesn't if it doesn't provide nutrition to the body, put the product back down and make sure every single ingredient that you put in your body has nutritional value. 
It's crazy to think that that's a controversial idea. <laughs> they they want to make it be controversial because they don't want to stop making processed food. They make a lot of money. So they don't want Americans to stop eating processed food. <laughs> well, what's one habit you want everyone to try for just one week besides reading the labels? What's one practice we can take on? You know, I love adding green drinks to your diet. I think it adds a dramatic impact of like what, how many vitamins and minerals your body's getting. And as soon as your body starts to get the nutrition it needs, you stop craving bad foods and your taste buds start to change. And so you start craving more fruits and vegetables and you become alkaline. So really that could mean a green juice in the form of like, you know, in a juicer with kale, maybe a little apple, celery, cucumber, lemon, and ginger, or you could do a green smoothie where you're throwing in a handful of spinach or romaine into your smoothie with fruit. And so you really, you don't taste the greens um, when you make the smoothie and you get an abundance of those green vegetables that are really hard to get in today's diet because there's just not a lot of plant-based focused meals that are happening out there. So that's one way that I know have, has dramatically impacted my life. Um, just having one green drink a day, whatever I have time for, or if I need to go buy juice from a juice bar, I do that. But, you know, I try to have one a day. So. True that. We did a great interview with Joe Cross from Fat, Sick, and Nearly Dead. If you want details, you can go listen to that. And Vani's site, foodbabe.com, has wonderful tips for juicing, what to do and what not to do. And I'll link to that in the show notes. Vani, our last question for you. What's one resource beyond your own that you love and want to share with our listeners? It can be anything. Um, so I absolutely love the new food database from Environmental Working Group. And you can go on there and you can read about ingredients and you can find out what ingredients are in your foods and you can just type in your favorite foods or whatever you have in your pantry. And they also have an app for your phone. And so definitely use that. It gives you a basic information about how processed your food is and how much nutrition is left in it and then what chemicals are in your food and, and what they do. And so I think it's a great app for people to have for sure. I will absolutely look that up and hook to it in the show notes, everyone at onairwithella.com. Bonnie, I know that you have a busy day, so we'll leave you to it. All right. Awesome. Thank you very much. Okay, everyone, I hope you enjoyed today's show and got something out of it that you can use. If you did and you want to learn more, just go to onairwithella.com, where I put up links to all of the good stuff that we talked about today and more information about our guests and all the good stuff that you did not need to write down today because I got you covered. Thanks for listening and thanks for inspiring me. You are quite simply awesome.